Hello there and thanks for joining us uh, on the polls this afternoon. We are heavy on Asin North with less than 24 hours to the by-elections. IGP Dr. George Akufo-Dampare has been meeting political parties, electoral uh, commission and also residents of the constituency ahead of the crucial contest. The National Democratic Congress says it has full confidence in the IGP to ensure an incident-free by-election. We're live in Nashim North uh, for the latest this afternoon. Also coming up, how relevant are political rallies? That's the question we're asking, and we'll seek to answer that question when we speak to political marketing expert and a poll star as the National Democratic Congress and the NPP stage massive rallies ahead of tomorrow's vote. It's still the rainy season and we're looking at floods of trauma. We have the story of this horrific incident which happened eight years ago. And I'm sure many of you recall that story. We'll tell that story plus get you uh, some updates. This is the Pulse uh, on the Join News channel, also on DSTV channel 421. The Pulse, as always, is brought to you by Global Communities Digni Lua for Double Safe Sanitation. I'm Blessed Sugan. We'll get to details shortly. Please stay with us. This afternoon, all eyes are set on a scene north as Ghana's two major political parties are set for a fierce political battle with the potential to either increase their parliamentary seats or maintain what they already have. The big question remains, will James Jachikwasing be successful in his bid to return to parliament? My colleague, Ohim Interior, was in the area for the final rounds of campaigning. Supporters of the new patriotic party defied a downpour on Sunday to attend the last open campaign of the party ahead of the by-election on Tuesday. President Ekufuad told party sympathizers he had no hand in the prosecution of the embattled Jachikwesin. Flanked by new patriotic party's parliamentary candidate for Asenov, Charles Opoku and some national executives of the party, he quizzed the difference between the prosecution of ex-member of parliament for Boko Central, Adam Sakandi, who was prosecuted and convicted for a similar offense and that of Mr. Yechikwesi. President Ekufuado appealed to the constituents of Asin North not to make a mistake by voting for someone who could end up in jail to delay development in the area. 
But in a swift response, former President John Dramani Mahama insisted President Akufuado aired in comparing the Adamusa Kandi story to that of James Yachikwesin. He told party supporters at Asin India the embattled Mr. Kwesin would not be convicted since he did not flout the laws on dual citizenship. From Asin North for Joy News, Ohimintiria reporting. Well, as we speak, the race is heating on. We'll take this to the constituency shortly, as we understand the IGP has been engaging some political parties and also bring you a breakdown uh, of the numbers. But first, let's speak to the research agency Global Info Analytics, uh, which has a research released out there that puts the New Patriotic Party's Charles Opoku in a slight lead uh, ahead of uh, the NDC's James Jachi Kwesin, uh, Musa Dankwal, is executive director for the group, joins us via Zoom now. Thank you, sir, for spending some time with us. Uh, let's get to the figures. Are you suggesting, first of all, an outright win for the new patriotic party in this uh, latest survey that you conducted? W- what's the rationale? Good afternoon. Thank you for having me. Not at all. I mean, the race is uh, statistically dead heat. Um, the difference between the MPP and the NDC candidate is 1.1%. Our margin of error is 1.9%. So it is within the post margin of error. And in fact, the 1.1% represents 29 votes from the 2,500 interviews we conducted. So this is a really a close rate per the polls if we were to do the poll numbers. Uh, and when you say that uh, there's still some significant number um, amounting to some 6% plus who are yet to decide on what they may be doing during the elections day proper, what, what's that to suggest? That the results could overturn and possibly the one who's uh, the first runner up may overtake the winner. Is that possible? Very, very possible. Because we have 6.9 voters who said they would meet their mind. Uh, tomorrow, when they go to the polls, they couldn't tell us. Now, depending on how they break out, if they break out into task follow, task will win. If they break out to uh, get equations follow, equations will win. And beside that, there are evidence that people have not been entirely truthful in the poll. And if these guys go to the poll and become truthful to themselves, can do uh, something different than what they told us, the outcome could also be different. 
Uh, you've been carrying out further uh, research on the claims of vote buying. It's not allowed per uh, electoral laws, but that seems to be a phenomenon that popped up. And you've been quizzing, I mean, quite a number of people on that. We'll get your thoughts um, on the issue about the vote buying and the dynamics there. But first, let's deal with the sudden turnaround in the figures, giving a slight lead to Charles Opoku. He's a new face in the race. James Chachikwesin has been there as the incumbent. What's turning all of a sudden the figures around? I would say if you put me to the wall, that I wouldn't blame Charles for what is happening in the race because he had a comfortable lead about four weeks ago. And we thought, look, with this lead, it's highly unlikely Chachikwesin will catch up with him. But now we are at a point where he's leading by only 1.1% when he had 19% lead four weeks ago. And we believe it is the campaign of MPP and probably the MPP that is damaging the candidate of uh, Charles Opoku, uh, rather than the, the, the candidate himself. Because he is very popular in the constituents. They like him. Okay. And when you say they like him, you, you believe that there are some external forces playing against him? What exactly? Uh, we'll try and get uh, Musa Dankwa, who's the executive director for the uh, Global Info Analytics um, for you. Uh, and of course, uh, what we are seeking to do is to break down uh, the latest research done by the um, agency itself, the Global Info Analytics, uh, suggesting that the NPP's candidate appears to be taking a slight lead uh, there in that race. And there's also a finding uh, on the issue about vote buying and the fact that it may influence decisions um, going forward into tomorrow's uh, polls, which is just about, uh, I mean, less than 24 hours from, from now. Uh, we're equally expecting that we'll get some uh, explanation of that uh, on the figures, the issue surrounding vote buying shortly. Um, with, with the Global Info Analytics. Uh, Hoiming Tevia is also within the area, uh, and uh, he's joining us now. Hoiming, what can you report? There's also a meeting happening between the IGP and political parties. Uh, thank you. Uh, the meeting was called at the instance of the Inspector General of Police, Professor Atukush Dampari, and uh, it was attended uh, by the three political parties uh, taking part in tomorrow's uh, by-election, uh, the National Democratic Congress, the NPP, and then LPG, their leadership were there in their numbers, as well as the Electoral Commission officials, uh, which uh, they were also represented by the Director of Elections, uh, framework people. The meeting was to discuss a security roadmap for tomorrow's uh, by-election. Uh, if you recall, this is not the first time that the Secretary General of Police has introduced uh, this meeting in Meru uh, a day before the by-election. The Secretary General of Police uh, did meet all the stakeholders in the elections and you know, uh, discussed the security roadmap with them. Uh, so this is okay. an update of what happened in Meru. Mm. Okay. Grateful. Uh, and we'll be getting back to my colleague who would uh, definitely join us and with, with more uh, updates on that, Ohim Interior giving us the latest. Uh, Musa, 
um, is with us uh, from the Global Info Analytics. And, and you just got, went off there uh, at the point I was raising concerns and issues surrounding road buying. You've also done some um, inquiry into that, that aspect of the uh, factors that may influence the elections tomorrow. What did you find out? I think two things mainly stood out. Um, the first is the uh, the issue whether the developmental project that is happening now will have huge impact on the outcome. Seventy percent of respondents said no, it wouldn't, compared to thirty percent who said it would have impact on them. Then the second question we asked them was, what would they do as voters if they were offered in the inducement to vote for a candidate? And surprisingly, 78% of them said they would take the money and vote for that candidate. Compared to 16% who said they would uh, not take the money, vote against the candidate. But we also put intelligence that this response they were giving us, they were being sarcastic, frankly, because monies were being shared around. So who is he to say that he won't take the money or he will take and vote against? So they were trying to play along, we believe, in this uh, response. Uh, so the reverse may, may be the case? Is that what you're suggesting? Yeah, and, and that would be a big factor. It, yes, yes. Because they, they, I think they, they were of the view that, oh, we are coming to sample opinion, which they will be, it will be used to give them money. So if they said, oh, no, I will take the money, I won't vote for you, then they won't get the money. So they were telling our, our people in the field that, oh, we'll take the money and vote for you. And sometimes they do mistake us to be government uh, agents. So sometimes these things get a bit played along. Yeah, and but Musa, what you're trying to do now is, is, is to think to for, for your interviewees. No, no, sure about think for them. But you see, as, a, as an officer in the field, you're also a human being. You know what people do. You know how things they say on the quiet. Even if they are being sarcastic, you know. Because if that wasn't the case, 78% said they would take the money and vote for a candidate. Then we shouldn't have a very tough race. Yeah, but, but, but what link then do we draw, for instance, to um, the, the sudden turnaround or change in the figures? If indeed 78% say we'll take the money, we'll vote, that should reflect in, I mean, what's happening within the constituency where you have a, a widened gap between the most favorable. Uh, candidates when you did the first round of survey and now that gap is closing so indeed if you are telling you with the cash they'll vote for for that candidate there's a bearing there isn't it yes there is i mean if this response has not been this high before uh, if, if you look at the, the figure the comparative figures we had for this uh, i mean this question at the time we, we did the first poll in fact you have a split where about 40, 31% of them said they would take the money and vote for the person, and 44 said they would accept and vote against. So between the first period and now, that has changed. Something must have caused this to, to, to change dramatically. And I believe it was the incentive that was being offered. That's why these numbers have changed. Uh, what sort of lived experience did you get from your interviewees on the claim itself about vote buying? Did, did they see that as, as a reality, something actually taking place, or this was a hypothetical question you were asking because there's a pos- possibility of that happening in any Ghanaian election? No, we have clear cases of people giving us evidence of, of former dictating. 
in many places that we went to. So it, it's not an issue of yesterday. Oh, I've been given this. We were given this yesterday or last night or the, the morning before. I had this. It's, it's, no, it's an open secret in our same of today. And everybody knows it. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested Both in the detail. That, that's why I'm uh, listening. Protest. No, we've been to places where NDC were sharing cutlasses, volunteering boots, and so on and so forth. So there's also an inducement on their part. Okay, I see. Uh, now the, I mean, some of the projects going on, uh, mind you, this is a contest that's taking place between, largely uh, between the governing side and the opposition political parties. Then we have two other candidates joining. Why are you not going big on, for instance, these two other persons? Because mind you, they are all, first of all, female, and they belong to minority or lesser followed political groupings. Have you done some search on them as well and their potential and how, of course, their following as well may change the dynamics in this election? It doesn't do anything at all. I mean, the third candidate from the uh, Liberal Party, he's pulling 0.3% in the race. Mm. Yeah, 0.3% and there's the... It's a two-horse race with a... I mean, not showing at all, frankly. They're not showing at all. So they don't have any impact at all on the race. Uh, if, if that should translate into actuals, I mean, you, you, you were equating that. The 0.3% is not enough to, to determine what may happen, to, to, I mean, the fate of a, either of the two major political parties. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely not. The fate of the parties rely on the people who are undecided, 6.9%. Mm. Okay. Uh, and then the ad incumbency advantage and some, some I mean, that, that conversation has come up as to developmental projects also taking place. H how is that influencing what's going to happen within the constituency? Well, incumbency advantage is obvious. Uh, it's there. It's, it's being used. But, uh, see, 70% of voters say that what the government is doing there in terms of development project will not have impact on their decision. Mm, I see that you're quite precise and very straightforward with the answers you're giving me. Uh, you, you want me to do the interpretation, but many are wondering, I mean, how that will tell when we go, when, when I mean, we, we, we go to the SC North area to, to witness that crucial elections um, uh, tomorrow, to and that's why I'm asking about these factors and how that will translate into the kind, I mean, the voter parting and what will happen tomorrow. Okay, I've lost uh, Musa Dankwa, who's uh, with uh, Global Info Analytics. So, of course, they've gone into the figures, uh, getting us a sense of what may happen within the Asim North uh, area um, when the elections uh, takes place uh, tomorrow. We understand that the Inspector General of Police uh, is within the area meeting uh, leadership of the political parties and we'll be getting to that area for you, getting you the very latest of uh, what transpired. Uh, if there is a briefing from the IGP himself and the Electoral Commission, as we understand, we'll get you uh, updates. Uh, but there's also a research just coming through pointing to the fact that uh, the New Patriotic Party's candidate, uh, PSV, taking a slight lead 
but still with some six percent of voter population undecided on what they may do next and given the close um gap between james quason uh, and uh, of course uh, charles Opoku, uh, it is likely that this will be a tough contest and, and let me pick up your thoughts on that musa dankwa the, the possibility of a tie <laughs> is that is that likely no, you don't have a tie in the in, 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 in commonly in the <laughs> parliamentary elections. One vote can get you the seat. Yeah, but but you you don't see that happening. In, in, in the past. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, because, because uh, be looking at the fact that people are undecided. So if we were to split the six percent amongst the two main political parties in the middle, yes. What will happen then? And and we have, I mean, those supporting the smaller parties deciding to opt for James Quaison. That that will be a split, isn't it? Musa, are you with us? Uh, and so Musa is just uh, trying to give us um, a further breakdown on their findings, and also the question about the possibility of having a tie. He's ruling that out, and the. NDC and the MPP still at least have some time because we understand that in spite of the uh, convention uh, of having the political parties toned down on their campaigning, they're still doing that. And uh, Musa, let's get to that aspect, the type of campaign that we're seeing, the fact that it keeps changing, the format and the strategy of the political parties keep changing uh, over the period. These may be the defining moments of the elections. And if there's any one factor that will change things it will be about the campaigning the level of campaigning going on now. you agree that your research ended at some point is there a possibility that if the political parties do further work i.e campaigning things may change in the next 24 hours in the favor of other of the parties well, it's very possible i mean when it comes to elections the turnout is quite key how you are able to drive out the food is very important in particular, if your uh, voters are younger voters, you need to make sure that they come out to vote. If they don't, they will, you, you will be in big trouble. And for this particular race, you can see that Charles Kukuku is backed by younger voters, whereas Dijikwesen by older voters. Who will come out to vote tomorrow? Well, God knows. We'll wait to see. The rhetoric about uh, the possibility of uh, James Kwesen going to jail, did that come up in your findings? Yes, yes, we did ask. In fact, we asked this question specifically for people who were voting for Charles. Whether um, their decision to vote for Charles has been influenced by the threat of jailing the situation. And 47% of Charles' supporters who were intending to vote for Charles said that they were influenced by that. And that's quite a huge percentage to say that they were voting for Charles because they feared that their MP could land himself in jail. But they want to avoid that tragedy. And we're not having sympathy, on the other hand, for James Jatikwesi? There were those that have sympathy for Jatikwesi, but we're particularly looking to see those who are actually voting for Charles. Whether that was the key, because they never would say, yes, I'll vote for Kwesi uh, because of uh, the intimidation. But we're focusing on knowing those who are actually voting for Charles that is purely based on the threat of court jail. 
or J10. Okay, if anyone is asking the question even about the integrity of your findings, how, how much can you go? To what extent can you go um, in, 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 Absolutely. Defending, we, we, in defending these findings? Because mind you, and we've had that concern even from some leading figures within the New Patriotic Party. You've heard from, for instance, the former Greek minister raised concerns about uh, polls and how they may not be reflective of the reality um, within a particular uh, contest. Why should we believe what it is that you've done within the Asin North area as a precursor to the elections tomorrow? Okay, uh, we'll get Musa uh, Dankwa for you shortly. Um, we'll also be taking you to the constituency uh, where, of course, the General Secretary of the Party, Fifi Fiawikwete, uh, will be making some comments uh, shortly on this elections day. A meeting with the Inspector General of Police has just ended the opposition parties um, raising um, some uh, concerns. So let's listen to the General Secretary of the Opposition NDC address the press. Very happy with the meeting. Uh, called at the instance of the IGP and the police. Um, we express a number of, um, uh, shall I call it, um, reservations. Uh, one of those reservations we express had to do with whether we are going to have exactly what we had in Kumeo, where every single personnel of the police was identified. Uh, said that we do not have any surprises. We do not have any national security operatives, any vigilantes that are wearing uh, security outfit. We were given an assurance that that would not be the case. That every single person that will appear tomorrow will be wearing protocol, will be properly identified with the name properly woven, not a, not a name tag woven. And that for us is very important. We also sought clarity with regard to the use of uh, uh, what you call cameras or mobile phones in the in the in the in what you call the ballot box and we're given an assurance that that will be enforced according to the law it's not supposed to be there and that assurance has been given as well uh generally i would say we we in as at, at the level of the ndc pledge 100 percent uh commitment to ensuring that peace uh we actually stated unequivocally that, uh not from our side would there be any instance of anything that will bring violence or lack of lack of cohesion in the place so that was an assurance we had we are happy that our friends on the other side also made the same commitment we hope this will be as genuine as we know ours is uh, so on the whole the police gave us 100 percent assurance that just as we saw in kumeo we will see exactly the same level of what you call uh, uh professionalism on the part of the police for there to be peace harmony tomorrow and lay the best side win and win fairly. So I would say generally it's been a very good meeting. A lot more of the leading figures of the uh, uh, NDC and the NPP out there. Uh, you just heard from the uh, General uh, Secretary of, of the NDC and we'll be listening shortly to some other leading figures who are still there. Uh, uh, Ohim is my colleague who's uh, been engaging Fifi Fiavikwiti and uh, other leading figures of, of the party. Uh, Ohiming, who else have you been speaking to? Yes, I'm glad that I spoke to the NPP's national uh, chairman, Stephen Ayeso Itin, on what the NPP uh, intends uh, doing with a roadmap, a sellout uh, with the IGP, the Electoral Commission, and all the political parties. Uh, we can take a listen to him. Uh, 
you met today with the IGP and then the uh, your opponents. What was the discussion all about, and what is the outcome now? It's all about uh, tomorrow's by-election in uh, Asin North, and uh, centered on um, the role of the political parties versus the role of the electoral commission to ensure that there will be smooth uh, running of the elections tomorrow. That's if you ask me, then that's the direct answer that I can give you. Your uh, main opponent, the NDC, is pledging their support to ensure uh, 100% yeah, 100% support to ensure that police provide security and it will be incident-free. What about the NPP? Yeah, I will endorse the same stand uh, put up by the NDC. I think we, we are even stronger in that terms because we are going to win tomorrow. Therefore, it will be in our interest to ensure that... Uh, rules and regulations are allowed to operate uh, tomorrow. Uh, what's the point in uh, putting gar- uh, sand into your gary? Uh, we are going to enjoy it tomorrow. So that's the stance of the MPP. One of the decisions taken was that there will not be firearms allowed at any police station. And by extension, ministers, MPs should not come there with their bodyguards. Is that a directive we call it? I don't recall that they said they shouldn't come with their bodyguards, but they shouldn't be armed. That's what I heard. And I endorse it. The issue of macho men being deployed, did that come up? And what is the firm decision that has been? Uh, That did not come up for discussion. But I think it's a good topic. Uh, You were there. You you could have, maybe you were not not given the opportunity. Uh, Otherwise, you you should have also raised that issue. Uh, Yes, but of course. On your side, what is the pledge? Like we did in Kumau, I see no uh, ands, ifs, and buts as far as uh, the, the, the result of the election tomorrow. We have worked hard, our government has worked hard, and we are going to carry it. So, so Chama, does it mean that the party security will not be at work tomorrow? Uh, I think that question should... That's what mean. You said, does it mean? What does yes. it mean? Uh, when you say you are giving your 100% pledge, does it mean that MPP, we are not going to see party security of MPP at work at the police station? We are talking about the support of the voters to win. That's what I, I, I meant by giving you assurance that we are going to carry the day tomorrow. So it's not about macho, macho men, no. I'm not talking about metro men. I mean party security. Are we going to see party security working alongside police come tomorrow? From MPP. Yeah, we have a full pledge to that. We are going to work in tandem with the police and all other security agencies that will be present at the election grounds. Very finally, you talk about being very confident of victory. What gives you that assurance? You speak with confidence. Our government has delivered. The president has delivered. And we have campaigned very effectively. So I see no reason why there should be surprises tomorrow as to the MPP carrying the day. We are going to win. And uh, uh, was given the chance to run the constituency. They messed up uh, with lies and all that. And the people have lost confidence in them. Uh, they were exposed. Somebody who was not uh, permitted by law to contest here, they condoned and connived with him to contest. And he became the MP. So we are here to write the wrong. You had a very successful rally yesterday, finally. Yes. If I don't give you the 
Well, so that's it from uh, Mr. Ntim, who happens to be the chairperson of the New Patriotic Party. You also heard from Fifi Fiavikweche. So the battle line is drawn. We're yet to hear from the Ghana Police Service and the IGP failing to make a comment uh, as of now. We understand that the arrangement is the Electoral Commission, uh, Kum, the police, will address the press um, in a few hours from now. We'll keep our eyes on that for you. Uh, but, uh, I mean, for the past 24 hours, the political landscape in Asin North has been ablaze with the Gathering New Patriotic Party and it's uh, main content that the NDC forming one community after the other, of course, unleashing uh, captivating messages in that attempt to woo voters uh, to secure their support. This uh, high-stakes uh, showdown has uh, never been witnessed before, and uh, we're seeing the increasing rhetoric, explosive accusations, and also a promise um, as both political parties vie uh, for the supremacy uh, tomorrow. But amidst uh, the tense atmosphere, uh, the burning question remains, do these uh, electrifying political rallies hold any sort of significance? Can they truly sway the minds of the electorate and leave uh, the indelible impact on the upcoming uh, elections? That's the question we're asking, and we'll definitely uh, be taking you live to the heart of the constituency as in ma when Martis unfold, uh, and we'll be providing you with some first-hand information here uh, on your election headquarters. But let me bring in uh, Kobe Menza, who's a, a political uh, st strategist, campaign strategist. He knows uh, much more about issues relating to that. Uh, uh, Dr. Um, Kobimensa, thank you. Professor Kobimensa, I, I beg your pardon. Thank you for spending some uh, time with us. You're a political marketing expert, so uh, you know, of course, the psychology going into this whole sort of rhetoric that we've seen from the NDC and the NPP. First off, starting with this whole conversation around James Dachikwesing being a candidate for jail, how much of an impact will that be on the decision uh, of the voters going into the polling tomorrow? Professor, what you mean, uh, Professor Kobi uh, if you can hear me, I'm just asking how much of, of, of an influence that will be, the rhetoric around. Uh, James Jachikwesing being a candidate for jail and, uh, you know, the back and forth between ex-president John Mahama uh, and uh, President Akufado. They, they've been having a banter of that, over that, but would that really uh, matter in, in the decision that, that will be made tomorrow by the vote, voters? Well, obviously, I don't think that on the scale of the importance, uh, that's exactly what the voters are actually looking for. Uh, clearly, uh, there's a reason why we go to the vote, because people are concerned about their... Professor Menta, are, are you still with us? Uh, it appears we're having some challenges uh, connecting to Professor Kobe Menta, who's a political marketing uh, expert at the university of Ghana Business School. Um, let, let me try one more time and see if you, uh, Prof is still with us. Prof? Okay, you're watching your polls. We'll be right back. You will enjoy free life insurance, oh. free debit card, save while you spend, and an amazing chance to double your salary. A whole year, and even more consolation rewards in the Echo Bank Double Salary. Pro
promo reloaded. Vimwo. This Ecobank salary account sounds interesting. What do you think? But maybe next time, Charlie, you know what? I'd go shine my shoe. Hey. Yo, myself, I'd go check my BP. We going up, never go down, and we stay flat. Open an Ecobank salary account today for a lifetime of benefits. You also stand a chance to win more than double your salary in the Ecobank Double Salary Promo Reloaded from now till July 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Under the supervision of the National Lottery Authority under the Paritas Lottery Platform. Crystal clear and thrilling podcast and live shows. Download and listen to us on Apple, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, MyJoy Online, Amazon services like Echo, Amazon Music, and Audible, Stitcher, Adam Online, Overcast, and Pandora. Take note of everything. Sign up for the multimedia digital platforms now to stay updated. This tank is big! Yes, that's true. It can store a lot of water. That's so true. Wow! It has a working surface on it. Mm-hmm. That's so true. I can see S-I-N-T-E-S syntax. That is so true, my daughter. Well, it's further to spoil That's not true. But why? Hey! <laughs> Syntex was the first to introduce double layer tanks in Ghana. Syntex again was the first to introduce white inner layers in Ghana. Syntex gives you the biggest warranty seven years. After your water need, Syntex is the answer. Syntex tank. Are you strong? Are you tough? Starting this June on Joy News, we connect you to the rest of the continent on Connect Africa with Blessed Suga. The issue about loss and damage reparations. Uh, how is the West receiving such a call from especially African leaders? You know, the loss is actually being borne by African countries. I will be here live from the Joy News studio speaking to our affiliates and correspondents from across Africa with news, analysis, interviews and conversations from the rest of the continent. If you look at successive opinion polls, Peter Obi seems to be leading. So the question is if the insecurity causes a low voter turnout, would it impact on the fortunes of the candidate? Join us on Connect Africa on the Join News Channel. Good morning. Welcome to Join News Desk. My name is Aisha Vine. Let me tell you, there's not a small job at all. What can you report from the FANA community? We are still sounding the alarm for people who are hiding to know that help has come. The board is supposed to be meeting this morning to deliberate on this nominee. Yes, this problem has been recurring over time. The people have invested their, the fruits of their excellence and you want to throw it away because you think you can. No, it's 
lawful for him to do it, period. What's the basis that these uh, financial assurances will be giving latest today? If you follow what has transpired over the week, we got the information when the president addressed uh, the May Day celebration, indicating that China is going to come on board. for losing our Jim Professor Kobe Mensa. I will definitely uh, get back to him. But uh, we're also fortunate to be joined now by pollster Ben Efson, who is joining us. Thank you, uh, Mr. Efson, for your time. The, of course, <laughs> race is still on within the Asin North area. The research we have coming through from Global Info Analytics is pointing out that the NPP's candidates appear to be taking a slight lead that, that's not too significant to determine what the outcome may be, according to the researchers. Uh, but it's also uh, pointing to some predictions you made in, in the past that the uh, contest may not be as easy as we thought for James Jachi Kwesin. Why is this happening, by the way? Oh, I thought yes, it will be a close contest, but if you are to bet your last hundred cities, I think that you can bet it on MPP's Opoku to win. You know, the Asin North constituency is a swing constituency. In 2012, the NDC won presidential parliamentary. In 2016, the uh, MPP won presidential and uh, pre uh, parliamentary. And then in 2020, the NPP took the presidential, the NDC took uh, the parliamentary. Now, when the question thing came up, we went to the ground to check, and the reason why the MPP candidate lost, the lady who won in 2016, she came from Asin and had issues with some of the MPP people in Asin where Christian comes from. Now, she's not contesting this time, the two people who are contesting, NDC's Kwesin and MPP's Opoku, both of them come from Asin Briku. Two, um, Kwesin had a bit of sympathy votes um, from within some of the swing voters, but the swing voters seems to be, they seem to be angry now. Now that some of the leading members of the MPP have said that in 2012 and 2016, Kwesi was disqualified for the same reason that he's in trouble now, that he had not renounced his Canadian citizenship. And for those swing voters, they think that the MP, NDC needs to pay a price. Now, Opoku 
the MPP candidates. I think since you have been preparing himself for some political role, because over the last four, five years, he's had an NGO who have been doing good for paying school fees and helping them. So clearly, I think that based on this, uh, uh, if you have to pick a winner from this close contest, I will pick Opoku. And what makes it interesting, my brother, is that the NDC's presidential candidate has been a bit reckless in the run-up because he has said that the results of the Asin North will be a reflection of how well the MPP government has performed. What if the MPP wins tomorrow? And he, between now and 2024, criticized the MPP for non-performance? Hmm. Interesting questions there. How about the history of the place itself, the, the continuous argument as to whether or not this is a swing region or a swing constituency or otherwise? So what's, what's your reflection on, on, on the political history of this place? Please come again. What, what's your personal reflection on the political history of this place? The conversation is apt as to whether it's a swing area or it's always been for the NDC or the NPP. What's your recollection? Well, I think that um, clearly uh, you, you cannot say is the backyard of any of the two big parts. One of the reasons the lady lost you realize the lady he didn't even contest in the MPP primaries to select the candidate. He had issues with the MP. So there was sketch and blood vote. They didn't vote for her at all. And he didn't contest. So it's between two people who are from Asim Briku. And the MPP is fortunate to have a formidable candidate who won in 2016 but lost in 2020 who has taken uh, Opoku round Asin Fosu. Mm -hmm. This gives Opoku an advantage over uh, Kwesin. Now, the Opoku guy has his own goodwill, especially in Asin Briku, mm. and that, I think, will give him the edge tomorrow. Wow. Uh, the the, the co conversation around the future of James Ache Kwesin, uh, do you feel that that really should matter? Oh, I think that, you see, the NDC initially tried to play a political game with it. That, you know, that whenever there is a by-election, goodies come. Money's come, roads are repaired, and so on. So, uh, you vote for uh, Christian, he goes to jail, the other by-election. Now, unfortunately for the NDC, the court giving Christian the opportunity to go because the original ruling would have prevented Christian from campaigning and would have fed into that misinformation. Now that the court has given Christian the leeway to campaign, the court case starts on July 4th. That sympathy that Christian would have gotten has vanished clearly. And that is the problem that the NDC's Christian uh, is going to face tomorrow. I'll be very surprised if he wins. Uh, the president was in the area um, over the weekend. W w would that make any difference? Oh, I don't think so. I don't think so. You know, quite a number of the three voters are angry with the NDC. Especially when it came out that 
he has been disqualified as far back as 2012, 2016, for the same reason of the non-renunciation um, of his Canadian citizenship. So quite a number of the swing voters are angry at the NDC as a party. Okay, uh, we're still watching. We do not know what the outcome will be. But finally, before I let you go, if James Dachikwesin wins the seat, do you see, see him holding on to the seat for, for a long time? Oh, I think that if uh, he wins, um, one thing is clear. I think that if six months before elections, um, he's convicted, for example, I'm sure that the NDC has a good legal team which will stretch the trial. If whether he's convicted, he will appeal. They could do a lot of things that if he's finally convicted, he exhausts all the appeal processes and he's convicted finally six months to vote, that is around June 2024, there will be no by-election. You understand? So the MPP, you see, the MPP needs, NDC needs this for two reasons. The balance in parliament and the propaganda rights that they'll be able to use. I mean, with Muhammad firing the shot that uh, it's a risky shot he had fired, that it is going to sum up the uh, national whether the MPP government has done well or not. So if NDC wins, that is going to be their mantra, that is going to... The other side, if NDC, MPP wins, then this is in trouble. Okay. Uh, we'll keep watching the space. Beneficent, thank you for spending some thank time you. with us here on the polls. I want to bring in now Richard Kujunyako, who is a, a man watching the space for us, because we understand the opposition National Democratic Congress will be holding a news conference any moment from now. Richard, what's, what, what's the reason accounting for this? The NDC holding a news conference just after meeting with the IGP? What's going on? Richard, if you can hear me, I'm just asking what's going on and why is the NDC set to hold this news conference? Well, so it's also news to us. Uh, we are looking forward to this news conference. It's just set up, but we are looking forward to the person who will be addressing the press. But this news conference was scheduled for 12 noon, but uh, we waited until uh, to 4 p.m. and there is no news about it. In fact, all the media houses are here. But we are currently um, at Sinandu's uh, senior high school, the camp that the NDC uh, has fixed, and we are here with them. We are looking at what is happening, uh, the by-election is, what exactly the NDC is doing, the strategy they are also bringing up as far as this election is concerned. In fact, uh, today was not supposed to be uh, for uh, the election. Let me speak with, um, hello, um, welcome to join Good afternoon. What kind of answer? Yeah, yeah, good afternoon. Good afternoon. We, we find him here and we want to have a big after you. How is the campaign going generally? Very good. Mm -hmm. good. Where have you been? In, you've been campaigning uh, support the certification? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so what are the issues that are coming up? Uh, you think that you will win? You must win. Mm -hmm. I mean, we won the last time with over 3,000 votes. Mm -hmm. There's no reason why to lose. Unless there's a kind of thing that will go 
But the dynamics for that, I am asking The dynamics may have changed, don't you think so? Not to change. I mean, the fact that he wasn't there allowed to start uh, chamber doesn't mean that he wasn't working on the ground. Mm-hmm. And my understanding from the people is that he's still with them in the government. He's been three years. Can you say that he won? A lot of things have happened in this place. Two and a half years. Two and a half years. Things have happened in this place. But it's obviously changed. He's not. I mean, the legal issues. No, no, the legal issues have obviously kept him um, busy in the constituency and all of that. Don't you think that it should be a factor? Why should it be? I mean, Mm -hmm. those who are using the legal thing, they know what they were doing. Mm -hmm. It's it's not to say. I think that people still think that. and you can't take anybody more. Mm-hmm. They said what did they say that this from said that most of the people from the time and so all the people all the time. Yeah. And so look, we can we wow. can be twisting people's arms and all these shenanigans. Why is he saying I'm twisting here? You do too, that's why you ask a question. Oh, but you brought it up. <laughs> So thank you very you much. So she senses she senses there is some kind of arm session in the case of Jackson. But we are all here. The place is very busy. Um, there's been some kind of movement. Uh, can I put it? Me no one can say kaka. Now you're forcing. Now open. Now sir, I had the Jackson Lord. Now see, it's just more the bring back. I had the other day. That's where you are. Over to the then I saw him crying, he said, and he's going to be doing something about it. This is the situation. Hola, ¿es tu hijo el que se atreve a treparse al árbol más alto? El que siempre se arriesga a intentar cosas nuevas. Entonces, Capitanes del Futuro es para ti. Un programa gratuito de liderazgo para jóvenes hispanos patrocinado por la MLS y PNG. Inscríbelo ya en capitanesdelfuturo.org y haz de tu hijo un capitán. Recuerda, estamos hablando de nuestros hijos, del futuro de América. Wake up, people. You're optimizing every waking hour of your life. From carpooling kids, to work, to friends, and everything in between, you have to get sleep and a bed that can perform as well as you do. Meet the Next Generation Sleep Number Smart Bed. It effortlessly adjusts to your shape, position, and movements, learning how you sleep so you learn to sleep better night after night. Sleep next level, only from Sleep Number. The Queen Sleep Number 360 C2 Smart Bed is now only $8.99, plus special financing. Ends Monday. See store for details. To my newborn baby boy, the day you arrived was one of the happiest days of my life. Right up there with the day I bought my RV from that guy on the internet and insured it with Progressive. (laughs) What a deal. Just know, son, I'll always be here for you. And by here, I mean in the middle of absolutely nowhere. In my RV. Protect your baby with an RV policy from Progressive. Take as little as four minutes to see what you could save at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Oh, yeah, and then uh, LGBT, you see how they are some of them by election, you know. You know, 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 you know
Okay, so uh, this gentleman who comes from the Abisikuma uh, Odobin Blafa is here to support the campaign of Georgia education. Uh, he also feels that there is some kind of intimidation, arm twisting, and the fact that the economy is being all run well, and uh, the president is likely to introduce uh, the LGBT uh, law into this country, and they'll be promoting that. And so, based on that, he feels that Georgia education should win mm. in this country. All right. In fact, uh, and and we'll definitely be getting back to you, Richard, because we're looking forward to that press briefing by the Opposition National Democratic Congress. Uh, a good time now to bring in Reverend David, who's the co-chair of the Coalition of Domestic Election Observers. Richard, we'll get back to you shortly. Ready yourself as we uh, await that conference by the N. DC. Reverend Degwe, thank you for spending some time with us. Kodeo is deploying monitors. Uh, I'm sure that you're beginning to pick signals about what is likely to happen um, tomorrow, given the atmosphere that, that you're sensing. Uh, just gone by, I was a member of parliament, Ketu South MP, uh, alleging that what happened in the Ayaso West will go on, and there are signals that that is likely to surface tomorrow. It's something we're not praying for, are you? No, it's certainly not praying for it. Uh, we think both, I mean, the political parties sometimes they, they they try to stop the fire. There's a lot of activity there, obviously, and everybody is trying to say what they want to say, to do what they want to do. Uh, we are there, hoping, praying, and watching. We expect a very good election tomorrow, a very competitive, but a good election tomorrow. We, nobody is wishing for. Uh, yeah, so tomorrow. Uh, what sort of interventions did you make ahead of um, tomorrow's crucial contest, um, i.e. talking to the political parties, engaging the electorates? What more did you do? Well, basically, as, as observers, we are almost neutral, uh, just watching what is going on. So our role is not to engage anybody at this point of the game, just to ensure that there's free, fair, mm. transparent, credible election. So these are the pre-election movements and signals that we are watching to be sure of where we place the emphasis to the D-Day, which is tomorrow. Mm. So we are watching and we can see all the liveliness uh, that is going on in the in The, in the, process. the, the processes leading to any election is very crucial in maintaining peace and order post-elections. Uh, what are the initial findings that, that you've picked up? Would you say that we're set, everything is calm ahead of tomorrow's contest as far as elections go we think we are set we will know really what happens when tomorrow when when the bell rings for it to start but so far we what we see is what we expect that there will be an activity it's a critical seat it's a decider and there's so many there are so many things happening uh, as we just saw in this people who even literally have nothing to do in that constituency have come over there so we know the security forces are watching everybody is keeping their fingers crossed to be sure that those who are voting are those who are authorized and registered to vote in that constituency so we are, we are watching right I, I need to put this to you uh, because of uh, how it's been running ever since the, the electoral process started as a rumor uh, we're getting some sense that 
electorates are equally rating that in the uh, polls released by um, info, global uh, info analytics, uh, that the fact that vote buying appears to be taking center stage. Did you also pick that app as domestic observers? I, I, we have not received that report from our observers yet. It may come in the letter release, but as of now, we have not picked that signal. I will not confirm or deny, but just that we don't have that data yet. Certainly, if there's something we pick up, we'll bring it up. I'm asking the question because of how, in previous elections, as Cordell, you've, oh, yes. you've raised concerns about uh, the tendency of vote buying and, 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 and the fact that it diminishes the quality of, of any election at all. That's why I'm putting that to you, sir. Yes, we see it all the time. I mean, it's, it's flagrant now. They do it all the time. So that's what I'm saying. That as of now, we have not picked up that report. When it comes, you see, because we must be able to substantiate what we say. So we have to get our data, if it's a film, a clip, or something, to be able to substantiate it. So our observers are on the ground. They will give us a timely reports. And when that comes up, certainly we'll let the world know. The, the two main political parties, the NDC and the NPP, signed an accord about a year or two ago with the National Peace Council. And the aim is to prevent the use of um, you know, internal security mechanisms or detail or personnel. The NPP chairman today uh, was not categorical in, in, in telling my colleague uh, that, well, we may not deploy our men. He says, partly, they may have to rely on their internal security arrangement. How much of an allowance should we make for these sort of arrangements where the political parties may, may, may want to use their men somewhat? somewhat? It's, it, it's unfortunate when we talk like that or when we do not think that our national security forces that are supposed to be neutral can protect us. So that's why you're not getting any guarantee from uh, these players. We hope that they're just talking and they'll give the security forces a chance to we'll be sure that there's a free, fair, credible election. After this, only one. one. So it should not overwhelm our security forces. This is not a national, a big national security. This is not a big national election where our security forces may be stretched. It's just one area. And we believe that the parties should just pipe down and hope and trust that the national security forces, those who are authorized to do this, keep an eye and maintain the peace for all of us to see what can happen and see it happen very well. The, the rhetoric from uh, the, the ex and the current president of the republic, uh, we've heard from Nanadranko Akufando, and we've also heard from John Tumani Muhammad. Do, do you feel that they are stoking too much tension ahead of the contest tomorrow? Well, we all know what is at stake. Hand parliament and one seat to be a decider. So what they are saying as politicians, you see, sometimes they say things that... Uh, favor they are those who are listening to them those who are voting for them it's regrettable but you see them doing these kind of things up and down because they are making appeals to their own constituencies so we can expect some of that but they also have turned out to, to tell us that fear delegates so you can never tell what the delegates will do when the time comes when they get into that ballot box
to speak to this group of people that we need to fear, what message would you leave with the, with the constituents and electorate in the Asin North area? Vote what you believe to be the truth, the ones who bring you progress, the one who is a lawmaker of your choice. Uh, don't, don't, sell, don't sell your vote, don't be bought. Listen to their messages and wait. When you go there, do what you think you are convinced to do. It. Then you can live with yourself. After all, we all live, we should live with ourselves, have faith in our convictions, and do what we think is for the country. Uh, encouraging message there. Uh, Reverend Fred Dugget, thank you for spending some time with us here on The Pulse. And we are your election headquarters bringing you a 360 um, coverage of all that's happening ahead uh, and on the election day. We'll definitely bring you updates from Asim North. There's also another warning this afternoon uh, because gas and petrol uh, shortage is likely to hit the capital in the next 72 hours if your tanker drivers do not call off their strike. That's a warning from the Liquefied Petroleum Gas Marketers Association of Ghana. The tanker drivers have withdrawn their services in parts of the uh, deplorable nature of roads in Tema, Tadi, Wipe, and also Kumasi. The drivers say that they will not return to work until they see fiscal work on all four loading points uh, in the country. So let's uh, hear from uh, Alan B. Sunday, who's the vice chair of the Tanker Drivers Association. Uh, thank you for joining us. Not a good time to be having a surge in petroleum prices. You know it's not a good time uh, when we talk generally about the economy. So, so why take that decision, though? Uh, Ms. Alabi, you'd have to unmute so I can hear the points you're sharing with us. Yeah. Yes, I can hear you now. Yes, I said... If you are not cautious, if it's a trauma, there will be a disaster in Tamar. And we don't want that to happen. So we are just safeguarding the country. That's why we decided on strike. Because in 2007, we met with the president. And he asked the road minister to sit to the road. But he refused. We wrote several letters to him. But no, to no avail. In 2021, the companies around that enclave decide to come together and meet with their MCE, let them know that they want to raise funds so that they can at least do something about the road. The, the MCE asked them to bring the money to the assembly, and they said, no, they cannot do that. 2021, we said, okay, they told us there's no money. We said, if that's the case, let me make it motorable for our drivers, but they refuse. All the depots in Tema. They are, their pipelines are interconnected together. So if one depot should go to fire right now, the whole chamber will get burned. And as we speak, we don't have any fire tender that can contain that fire when it starts. So we don't want it to get to that level. That is why we said, no, let's put our tools down. Let them fix the road before we can apply those rules. Okay, for, 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 for an average person who's listening to us now, I may not know about the techni technicalities of how the bad road could spark fire. Are you able to paint that picture to us? How's that likely to happen? Okay, when, when, the, when there's an accident or there's a rollover on the road, when there's spillage and it attracts fire, it gets into the depots. 
along the stretch. There are pipelines along the stretch. So we don't want it to get to that stage. We need to prevent it. In safety, we say prevention is the key. So we want to prevent it from even for us to react to it. We want to be proactive than being reactive. Mm. It's better to be proactive than to be reactive. That's what we are doing. But, but, but this is the same stretch you've been using for years, isn't it? Yes, but this time around, it's worse. It is worse. The tractor that's connecting the ball, the fifth wheel is just a small pin. They are gullies. It can remove at any given time. That is why we said this time around. The, the, truck, the trucks cannot even pass in the road anymore. They are using the shoulders of the road. Shoulders of the road, which is bad. Okay, here's the case. The, the, the demand you're making now is for the roads to be fixed. Um, if government would have to do that, that cannot be done now. I mean, technically, yes. technically speaking. Technically speaking. So what's going to be the alternative then? If government comes in and says, well, we'll do the roads, are you withdrawing your services until everything is done? Is that what you're telling us? We, if they bring the contractor on the road, we see that road has the construction has begun. Then that one, we can go back to work. Yes, but which which network will you use? Which road network will you use? We will not use any road network. We use the same road road network. But really, least, the, the same network you're complaining about. Yes, it can be fixed. This thing can be fixed in three days. We don't want it to be asphalted right now, mm -hmm. but let them hold it. They will give us one one side of the road. As the contractors, contractors used to do the road all the time, when they are constructing the road, will make an access way for us to use for the meantime. Then they do the complete the rest. Okay, what what sort of reaction are you getting from leadership and also um, the local authorities there? Yes, we had a call that. Uh, uh, they, they want to meet us to sit down and discuss with us. But uh, that will be tomorrow. If the meeting does not go in your favor, what would that mean? We pray that it doesn't reach that level. Because if it doesn't go in our favor, mm. we are not applying the road. Because it's not about Tema alone. Kumasi is there. Takrabe is there. And then I know very well that uh, the revenue collected in Ghana about 50% comes from this fuel, this depots. So I don't know why they don't want to repair the road for us. I don't know. I, the, the quantum of taxes these people pay to the government, I don't understand. Because we know that if you have a private car and a commercial car, and then the two of them have problem, you fix the commercial one so that he will go to work and bring money to fix the private car. But what we are seeing in this country, they are fixing the private rules and leaving the commercial rules where we get the money to do things in Ghana. What, what message do you have for the president? We are just appealing to the president to come to our aid to fix the road for us. I don't know why he has told the minister from 2017 till now. He has not even come himself to come and look at the state of the road. Okay, let's see what then happens. Alapi Sunday, Vice Chair of the Sanka Drivers Association. Thank you. Thank you.
Bart's story, he suffered severe burns as a child during the June 3 disaster. Eight years ago, but now a 20-year-old begging to survive. Well, that's the story of Solomon uh, Akrigo. Uh, he says his completely disfigured face has uh, complicated his woes as he's unable to stay outside on a hot day. His fears, uh, he actually fears that marriage will even be a problem because of the stigma he experiences daily uh, on the streets. Uh, here are uh, excerpts of Maxwell Agobar's report as we continue our Floods of Trauma series. <coughs> It is the evening of June 3, 2015. Flat water has displaced fuel from the storage tank underground at the fuel station at Circle. What we know is that a cigarette bat was dropped on the water, triggering a big explosion and a huge fireball that turned the skies orange. The flames continued to burn. Solomon Akrugu was just 12 years old sitting in a room nearby. He suffered severe bends on his face. It completely disfigured him. Eight years later on a Monday morning, I meet Solomon at East Legon doing what he does every day, begging for arms. That is his only means of survival. He used to sell air freshness but lost his capital when a friend stole his wares. Begging on the streets of East Ligon is very difficult for him. Sometimes he gets nothing even after begging the whole day. He says some drivers do not want to see him close to their cars because of his disfigured face. He tells me about an incident where a man asked him to remove the mask he was wearing and stop begging on the streets. Yes, this year they didn't just have a traffic and send him a serenade. I only get food to eat when I go to the traffic light to beg for money. Many people do not give me money there. Some of them suck me when I get closer to their cars. Some of them think. I am wearing a mask. A man once told me to go and look for a job and stop wearing the mask. A lot of people tell me that. Uh-huh. I am really suffering here. The hardship is real. I am always scared when it starts raining because I am homeless. I always sleep in front of shops because I do not have a place I call my home. Solomon's Parents separated after the fire destroyed their house at Seco. He fears no woman will be attracted to him because of his disfigured face. He says marriage will be difficult because no woman is attracted to him. 
I really need the surgery because I am experiencing a lot of stigmatization. People do not want me closer to them because of my disfigured face. That's why I need the surgery. Because that will also help me get a woman to marry later in life. For now, no woman wants me. Even the drivers in cars find it difficult to give me money. Nobody wants me around. When the sun is out and hot and the light hits my face, it's really painful. That's why I need help. I can't touch it because blood will start oozing from my face if I do. So, I go and hide in the shade until it's evening. He's pleading for a job as a tiler and he's also begging for assistance for plastic surgery. There are many Solomons out there who are living the trauma of the June 3 floods. Victims of the disaster, including Solomon, are yet to be compensated. Last year, the One Ghana movement reminded the government to do so. Yes, a member, Senor Husi. As expected, authorities trooped in to this very space and on the streets, promising, as usual, to bring perpetrators to book. Seven years on, no one has been held accountable for this very avoidable disaster. The government of the day and the government today have all but paid lip service to justice, accountability, and commensurate compensation for victims. The One Ghana movement has since 2017 been pursuing justice for the persons affected. One of their lawyers, Samson Ladi Anyenini, left the matter in court in 2018. The case is still pending. He says it has been a very slow process. Because there have been what we call interlocutory processes um, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the course. Uh, but just very recently, we seem to have cleared some of the hurdles. So actually, uh, we're in court, you know, this week. Uh, apart from the plaintiffs that were mobilized by one Ghana movement, we know as a matter of fact, um, later, as we discovered, that there were many more who were affected who are not part of the suit in court. Some had left to their villages. Some had left to their hometowns, various places. Um, it's unfortunate that the law has a limitation period within which you can take a suit. And in excess of five years, you don't have that opportunity. Um, but I believe that even for those who are in court, the, the state could look at this more carefully and see what could be done to everybody. Um, for as long as there will be evidence to show that somebody is suffering as a result of what happened, I think that the state could look at being the father for all kind of thing. Many continue to live through these dangerous floods of trauma and others 
has cut for life. Maxwell Agbagba, join us. And now, uh, prices of uh, ruminants, especially ramen cattle, have increased more than 50% in Accra. At barely 48 hours, the Eid celebration sellers are relying mainly on stocks from outside the country, especially Niger and Shad, due to the ban on movements of livestock from the Upper East region as a result of the uh, anthrax outbreak. Buying in foreign currency has translated into additional costs that have been passed on to the consumers. My colleague James Averji visited the livestock market here in Veno this morning and brings us more. So this is the Aveno animal market here in Accra. And ahead of the Ido Ada on Wednesday, we are here to see how things are ongoing in the market, especially in the face of the ban on ruminants coming from the northern side of Ghana. We know the anthrax disease, uh, as we are told, have killed um, about 99 cattle already and vaccination is ongoing. A collaboration between the Ghana Health Service as well as the veterinary services to get as much animals vaccinated before the Edo Ada hits its peak. Now this morning what we are picking up from the sellers here is that the uh, ban on the transporting of this remnant, especially from the north, is actually having a toe, sorry, having a toe on the prices of the ship here. Uh, we have come here this morning to gauge the mood here at the uh, cattle uh, market here. Uh, I, I think he also want to speak to the camera. So we can speak to some of the sellers here to actually know why there is a rise in the cost of uh, the uh, rams here and what their expectations are ahead of the Ido Ada on Wednesday, the still the market is slow. We not see anything yet. It's like uh, Wednesday, but we not see anything. Right now, they did not start buying yet. But the goods, they've cost. They've cost. Why? Why? Why then cost? We don't know. Right now, they talk to people about. We don't know. They've cost too much. They say some disease come the north, anthrax, where they kill the sheep. Go there and cows. You hear about that? Oh, that one uh, we fear, but I didn't see it. Me myself, I fear it, but I didn't see it yet. I didn't see it yet. But you buy from the north? No, no, no. We've we've buy it before they've locked the distance. So right now, we can, you can't buy shit from north. You can't buy shit from north. They say they close up the, 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 they know they bring from north again. No, 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 they know they bring from north again. They've closed the market. If you buy, you know, go free, bring it. Yeah. North said, they said they should not kill. I fear that, but I don't know. It is true or it is not true. So if you if you buy new uh, uh, sheep or cattle, where did they bring them from? Right now, it be only the Bukhara people where did they come. Uh, really the, those I know that is the Bukhara people that they come, but we not see from north uh, Bologa to Boku to this. You can bring goods from Boku to here. Uh, Sabiu is one of uh, those who are trading in ships here, especially rams, at the Aveno market here. Let's have an interaction with him on how the market has been so far. Boss, how market day now? Oh, the market is slow. Now, the market will not be the seller like this, no. Unless uh, the seller left two days or three days. But the, this one will be the morning. They don't know how to be market day, Monday too. 
Monday, Ghana, Monday will be slow. Yeah. That's why I don't know the market inside. But the animals come. Mm. But the, this, you know, the way the people talk about the animals with no, no, they be liar. You know, see, they be liar. You be liar means what? Now the ram they here, no. You mean say the, the disease way they say they kill yeah, the cattle? Who see it? Who show the calendar? Who show the picture? The, the veterinary people that? say that they die, so that they vaccinate them. But we, I don't know the side. Me and Boku, mm -hmm. I, be, before uh, today, eight days I come here. But I day here always. And they run the animals. This one too, will be there. This one, the day the lock, no. I bring this one before the lock. This the doubles, man. Okay. Now, now, if you lock say the Boku, the uh, the, the chop some animals there, the people die. Then now the people, the people enter with Burkina come here, and the people bring Nigeria come, the people bring Kuruva come here. How now do the coffee do now? You say right now, it be their way that they bring the cattle. Yes, sir. I see. Yeah, they, they bring from Burkina, they bring from uh, Kuruva, and they, they bring from Nigeria come. Those who they bring from Burkina and Africa, they know they pass through the north. They, they pass through the north. But them, yes, them, 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 people say the Boku people don't come. Why the people come enter? The Frank people come enter. They use them, they will break Ghana man, you know, if you enter. But we just say 99 cattle die because of the disease. After the dying, it be like that. Dying means every day die. You know, see, it be the time it be brief like this, you know. Like me, like this, you know. For a year, this year, you know. My this one, around the rim, are they here? Eight, eight, eight die. But that one, it be broad. It not be anything. Dying, it be like that. Like me and you talk, no. If you dying, come you can figure. It be like that. So you you don't believe that I, it's I because believe. of. I no believe. I see. I no believe. How is the the ban on they bringing the uh, the sheep, the ram, and the cattle here? How they affect price? The affect price for here, yeah, no. Price they go up. No, the price will be that you know see sheep like this no. Ghana you know get sheep. The sheep will be less a cross. The cross have no Ghana money not a cross. Okay. For the countries no Ghana money not a cross. Unless you king the money. That's why they compare the sheep they compare about the dollar and the safer. If the safer yeah, if the dollar they down, the the dollar and safer now be combined. If the dollar they down, the safer too. It did down. Okay. If the dollar dead top, the silver to dead top. That's why the animal now, no. if you see me like the cost, mm -hmm. because of the, the dollar go top. I see. Yeah. So anytime the dollar goes up, it affects the, the prices too. Yeah. The, 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 this one too, they go up. About one month ago, how much do you sell this one? By one month ago, no, that, that time, if you like 5,000, you can figure this one. Okay. But now, 1,000 no. Ghana yeah. cities. But down, now you know, figure this one fast. So if I won't buy this one today, how much you go sell? You? This one will be eight five, eight thousand five hundred. That's more than half of the price. Yes, sir. Why? Yeah. It be there. there is, you know, see now, like as they you know, it be like ten people or this they this market too. But then now it be the salary time. The people come more. Okay. People that come more, they come more. They Everybody want to buy. That's why the, the price goes to a planner. At least the, the only size is you, they sell. It be the big size. I get any man, no man. No Certain five, 2,500. That's the least you can get. At least I can get. My brothers, we get like uh, 1,000. 
Like this one, like thousand five. Go today, and let's uh, two thousand five hundred, three thousand, and go to ten thousand. Ten thousand CDs for this the ram. So uh, since you you know they believe say the disease day, we then close the border. What you go talk government or those who close the border? And uh, they, they, I know I don't know how to, to say with this one. They go back them. They don't say they stop say they don't rebel. But any anything for Ghana here it be illegal. Illegal for what? The car the cars have a follow come. The, the bus a follow come. In in the car the car inside them almost day. Wow. The, uh, the customer day you know on the road, the migration day on the road, police day on the road. Why do not cut them? They say, even as they close the border, say make anything come out the, the upper is yes. people still they carry yeah, the car car come the car are enter come the animal day they for 32 32 Two. with that car what kind of car is that the the vip 32 animals yes. wow the the gonna like this no if you, you know get strong you know get be the gonna uh, this one where the best price will be eight thousand five eight thousand five yeah okay and the other one like this one the medium one no uh, this one medium one, the, the two, no, it be thousand six thousand six. This one to two thousand four, two thousand four, and the other one's two thousand nine, thousand nine. Yeah, we also get them. Uh, it be sizes by sizes. Uh huh. We also get this one two thousand seven, three thousand two. Yeah. Uh, this one is uh, four thousand. Also about this one six thousand five. So about this one five thousand five thousand. Yeah. Follow about this group is seven thousand five seven thousand five. By this one nine thousand five nine thousand five. Yeah. Wow. Me I get cows here like uh, fifteen thousand. Yeah. I get cow here two thousand uh, twenty five thousand. And they know, they So the sheep, the ram, is between thousand five and then eight thousand five hundred. Yeah. And the goat are between what? The goat a uh, less goat they take uh, seven fifty going to five thousand. Seven hundred and fifty to five thousand cities. Yeah. Wow. So this is another side of Aveno. I'm told this part is called Aveno foil. And for you, as you can see behind me, uh, uh, cattle. So this is the cat, cattle market, uh, the second cattle market here at Aveno, uh, where you can get all cattle in different prices. We will have an interaction with Mr. Razak on how the market is so far uh, ahead of the Idu Ada celebration on Wednesday. Mr. Razak, thank you so much. Yeah. So I see a lot of cattle here, and I'm thinking... Uh, we are told that there is a ban on the uh, transportation of cattle from the Upper East region to the Southern sector. But we still have a lot of cattle here. It's not true. They're from Mali and Nizer. Here, the one they brought is not from that side, particular place where you are talking about. That place, they told everybody to not bring any secular goods here or something like that. We have a union. We are doing something better. We are following the rules to sell the things. Yeah. So all the cattle here, since the, they started the ban, none of them has come. No, they, they, they reared them from here. They reared these cattle all from here. Okay. Some of the goats also reared from here. The ones who come from far, there are not many. Okay. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a place to rear them. Yeah, yeah. So those that come from far, they come from Mali, Mali Burkina Faso, and Chad. Mali, Niger, and Chad. Yeah. That's a long way. Yeah, yeah. So they do. So what's the difference in prices uh, with those that they bring from those places and those that are real? Here? Okay, those that are right here can be thousand five, seven five, four eight, four nine. You can get it, and the cattle also you can get it. One. Uh, 12,000, 15,000, 13,000, some is about 18,500. Hmm. Yeah. 18,500. I see. So when we look behind you, mm -hmm. for instance, there is one that is actually feeding in the. the, the, the yeah, there. yeah, How yeah. Much would that cost? This one costs about 80 something. That's over 8,000 8, something. Yeah. I see. Yeah. What's the least price you can get for cattle? The smallest one is about seven, eight, eight something. You can't get cattle about six thousand here. You can't get cattle six thousand Ghana. You can't get it. You can't get it from seven thousand upwards. What's the most expensive you can get? The biggest or the small? The the biggest. The biggest is about one something. One something as uh, one eight, one nine, one four, one three, one thirty. One eight. That is eighteen thousand Ghana cedis. 18,000 Ghana cities. Yeah. That's very expensive. Yeah, it's true. Why are they so expensive? No, because the rear and the thing they will give it to them, the food and then everything. Mm. Yeah. Has expensive. there been change in prices over the last one month? Well, so that's the situation. But uh, of concern to us is this uh, notion by one of the uh, <laughs> Uh, men in that video there indicating that he does not believe in the anthrax as uh, declared by the veterinary service so let's speak to the uh, a member of the team who's been uh, working on that uh, part of the mobilization team of the uh, ghana veterinary services uh, director dr benjamin kisisasu and doc thanks uh, for joining us you've heard uh, some of the ind individuals there in the video indicate that they do not believe that the virus is real uh, a reason for which you're blocking or stopping uh, the movement of livestock into the national capital. What message do you have for such persons? Um, the issue of diseases at a base, when that happened, and there are various stakeholders, and going to the Alma farm market whereby people are selling, they have people who they have misconceptions, they have different perceptions about the issues currently. Like COVID, people felt it wasn't true, even with regards to uh, social media being shared videos of people living their lives in other countries. Uh, you still have people in the country who still feel it was nothing but was a fallacy. So it was expected as part of our work to come to it. And as it affected, we need to let the public know that after it's real, if one doesn't believe, we could quickly call a relative or friend in this region and they will tell you that you have seen animals which have died out of these cases and they saw the vaccination going on. And um, the truth is that looking at uh, anthrax cases over the years, um, the northern side has been the place that you normally get cases. So most people who see there uh, have experienced a lot of uh, uh, these cases where they've had a chance to see. So it seems that some have not seen it and, and we need to come up seen it. Uh, God has not got to be a thousand parts. People can't just speculate that so it's not true. But uh, if you check from all that... It's Ram season. 
which means it's time to serve with Ram 1500, Ram 3500, and Ram TRX. Hurry in now for great deals on the trucks that are built to serve. Right now during Ram season, get 10% below MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Ram 1500 Laramie. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. Contact dealer for details. Take retail delivery by 531-23. Wake up, people. You're optimizing every waking hour of your life. From carpooling kids to work to friends and everything in between, you have to get sleep and a bed that can perform as well as you do. Meet the next generation Sleep Number Smart Bed. It effortlessly adjusts to your shape, position, and movements. Learning how you sleep so you learn to sleep better night after night. Sleep next level only from Sleep Number. The Queen Sleep Number 360 C2 Smart Bed is now only $8.99. Plus special financing ends Monday. See store for details. At the Home Depot, we have laundry appliances that just fit. From the space you have, to the features you want, to the savings you need. Like a new GE Profile Ultra Fast Combo Laundry Machine that can wash and dry a large load in about two hours. Without you ever having to transfer the load over. Get special buy savings like the GE Profile Ultra Fast Combo Laundry Machine. Plus an extra $100 off. Select laundry sets in store and online at the Home Depot. A key flow of animals from the north to the south has been on the lower, which of that system is like last week. Also, be a visitation to some of the places that we saw these animals, and some said that by this time there shall be a lot of animals in Accra for the festive season for the Muslims, even though they had that on But quite a few numbers, and where each music concerns about this year celebration, we will now have a lot of animals. And this uh, area that is one of their biggest feed uh, with a lot of animals affected because of the technical to sacrifice. But in all these things, we still want to let the public know that you have answers to fail, and as we speak, uh, there is a stakeholder engagement which is being ongoing to really look at the issues. And so from last week, uh, update, we have had 29,000 animals in apartment vaccinated for food against uh, this answers. And we have had uh, 99 animals which have uh, been uh, died so far from the uh, outbreak. And we are doing animals like cattle, pigs, sheep, and goats. And we are still waiting for that. But we also want to use this opportunity to tell people that there are still videos going out on the social media trying to create the impression that um, they have meat that have already got into Accra, which were infected. We want to say as we are the authority. It's not true. Okay, so the, so, so the festivities... Yes, but, but the festivities as we know it is, is very close. Um, on Wednesday, Wednesday is a holiday. What, what measures are you putting in place between now and Wednesday to, to prevent any form of infiltration? Yes, so from last week, cooking, knowing that we're getting close, most of the region, we've had um, our vet officers with other stakeholders to have meetings with the leadership of the Muslim community to see how to get um, animals that they're going to use process in the right way, inspection is being done. So last week, Atlanta resigned on the Libya message to us and to the other people telling what how they are involved in the scenario in the quarter. Mm. And for our side, the security services uh, with other people, what we are doing is the monitoring of the bodies. We have given a ban, a proposed ban on movement of animals coming from 
to state in the upper east. So once you are done that, you can go to issue movement permits for these animals to be moved from those places to other places. So um, the LGBT are helping to check on that and have told the public to enter the prosecution to let us know. So far, they have, they have done very well with that because I've had uh, issues where people saw an animal dead. They compared it, they took samples and realized that they were not and we, we, we are okay with it. Right. So far, uh, they have still had this issue of antagonism in our fight, and we are hoping that it says that everything is put under control. All right. Uh, we're grateful, uh, Dr. Kizisa, for, for joining us uh, here on the polls. Well, Vice President Dr. Mahmoud Obama has reviewed that uh, government is set to introduce a policy aimed at uh, recognizing and supporting faith-based organizations uh, that extend essential services, uh, including education and financial aid to the underprivileged in society, speaking at a groundbreaking ceremony uh, for the construction of the uh, Sem Ability Village by Christ uh, Evangelistic uh, Ministry, uh, that's a Goto uh, area within the, um, the Greater Accra region. The Vice President, uh, Dr. Mahmoud Maumia, indicated that uh, this will motivate faith based uh, organizations as well. There's more in the following report for you. Faith-based organizations have emerged as beacons of hope for the less privileged. Some faith-based organizations sometimes provide educational and financial support to the needy. This support goes a long way to reduce the economic hardship on them. Vice President Dr. Mahmoud Baumia says the government is set to introduce a policy to give incentives to faith-based organizations who provide support to the needy. He announced this at a groundbreaking ceremony for the construction of a CEM Ability Village by Christ evangelistic ministry at Agotokope. We must also continue to address the various challenges such as discrimination, stigmatization, lack of skills training, unemployment, negative attitudes and lack of access to buildings. We're therefore working through a policy which for the future, and I hope to announce it too soon, to give faith-based organizations that meet a particular threshold, certain incentives in terms threshold in terms of provision of social services, certain incentives to continue that work and enhance that work going forward. The founder of Charismatic Evangelistic Ministry, Reverend Steve Menta, explains the need to support the needy in society. As do you have money? I say yes I have money. <laughs> I have money. And uh, we paid it. We paid it at the point, and then um, I, I wanted to come and do the groundbreaking. And they told us that what you have paid is not enough. Go and bring more money. And then I went to preach uh, at Natosis Natosis Church, and then I peered up into the ability village. And then when they closed, she asked me, "So, what do you need to start the village?" And I said, "Now nah, I need some heavy money to give to these chiefs." Well, as we speak, that campaign is still on and we're fortunate to have in studio with us the General Overseer of the Charismatic Evangelistic Ministry, uh, Reverend Dr. Steve Menzer. Rev, it's uh, good to see you back here in our studio for the second time. It's not easy to have that, knowing your busy <laughs> schedule and, uh, of course, a lot that you do uh, for, for Christian Dome. Uh, but Thank what you. will you say about your project and where you are now? Now, officially, you've commissioned the, the project. Yes, now we've done the groundbreaking, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. We did the next one month. 
we will hit the ground running. We'll do the gatehouse, and then uh, we'll start uh, building uh, the administrative block, and then, of course, the hopes for the people. And for those who missed the earlier conversations we had, what would you say about the uh, ability home and the essence, the reason for which you are putting that up? Like I mentioned earlier, uh, we've done a lot of rural work over the years, over the past 35 years, and then the last uh, 8 to 10 years, we've done what we call the Day of Health, where a day is set aside only for disabled people, and uh, because we, we see them coming through our food aid program, and they are stampede, the able people stampede them and collect the items. So we said, okay, this is a day for you only. And we follow them to their homes. And like I said earlier, it's very deplorable, very, very depressing. If you go to a typical home of a disabled person, you'll be very, 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 very depressed. So we said that, okay, the peaceful approach has been enough. Now let's make it more uh, institutionalized and then make a, a home very comfortable for them. Yeah, so that's what led to it. And we have to look for a, a place that is very flat. So we have to search through, and then we went to Osudoku, yeah. Yeah, and then we saw a very large, I've never seen a place like this before, very large and very flat. Area. So we went, to the, we went to the chiefs. It's okay, you're welcome to come and build it here, yeah, but you must pay for it. Very expensive land, I'm telling you. <laughs> and so now we're happy that we're going to build it. And one, one year on from today, I'm, I'm hoping to come to this studio to showcase what we have done so far. And we'll be happy to celebrate that with you. But you've dealt with the most crucial aspects of the project, which is securing the land. Yes. Because we know the challenges with securing the I land know. here in Accra or the greater Accra region. So what is next? And what would it require for this project to succeed? What is next now is to clear uh, the land and then start the buildings. And I can't wait uh, to just start... We need a bit of security in the area. And then uh, within the next one month, like I said earlier, I will build a very beautiful gatehouse. And then from the gates, I will build an administrative block. I will put a whole wall around the whole place because these are vulnerable people. I don't like them to be exposed to a lot of things. And don't forget that it's also an integrated community. They can now say, I live in a gated community. Because the gated community is not going to be only for the rich and the people yeah. who are, but elite. now, yes, they're late. Now they can say, I live in the gated community, and this is the name of my community. And then, like I said, we are going to start building the factories. We want to really build factories for them, light industries, for them to come and work there, live there, and then specialized hospital so that a lot of them who have prosthetic uh, problems, we can fix them. I can't wait for us to build the orthopedic and the prosthetic hospital because some of them are walking around with limbs cut off and all that. And I'm telling you, those things will be the thing of the past because now they can fix beautiful prosthetic. If you put the two hands there, you cannot you tell which one. Difference. You can't see the difference. And the person can have mobility, can work, because he may be physically challenged, yeah. but the brains are working very well, and he can now put his hand to do something. And then the skill training programs will begin. In fact, this is a laudable project, and uh, we're excited to be seeing, for instance, the vice president uh, also appear uh, when you are doing the commission. And then uh, the, the promise to support churches and non-profit organizations helping and carrying out financial aid. How, how is that coming to you and why would that be necessary for churches across the country? I think it's a breakthrough news that he gave to us because when we import containers of wheelchairs during our day of help, you'd be surprised the amount of you money. You pay a lot of tax <laughs> on it. You pay a lot of tax on it. And I tell them that we are using 
the wheelchairs to be able to say, no, you have to pay this, the rule, these are the rules, pay. And we pay a lot of thousands of dollars, lots of it, to get the containers out, to go and give them out for free. When we import uh, clothing and things, even when people send us I containers know. of items, we pay a lot. The reality that was actually that the, the amount of money we have paid versus the items in a quota, it looked as if what we paid was even more than whatever. So his, his message comes as a very loud and clear uh, signal to us that he has the interest of uh, faith-based organizations' interest at heart. We pray that he will expedite that because sometimes you say something, it takes a long time, almost forever, for it to be implemented. Yes. So we need it fast. fast. But, but we also saw Bishop Daggett Mills there. Is that su suggesting that this is not, let's say, a denominational project that you're carrying out and that your ministry is open to support from across the divide, whoever is willing to support the project? Is that the case? Yes. Bishop Daggett Mills my friend for the past 35 years he supported everything i've done through my day of help my rural crusades and everything and this you couldn't miss it for anything he was out in gabon doing crusades and things but he flew in then and told me that he was, going, he was not going to miss the program and he came and as usual as he said he was going to also support that like has he has supported me all this time and i'm saying that the, the project is open to everybody companies organizations churches because these are our own brothers and sisters. They can build, they can walk, they can see, and all that. So we should all come together. The first phase alone is about $418 million. And you know that one church cannot do, do that. So uh, he's one of my greatest supporters in my ministry, my best friend, and he's been there for me all these years. I want to say the Archbishop Duncan Williams is also part, Eastwood, and all my friends were all invited. They were not there physically, they sent representatives, and obviously they'll be sending their contributions to help build the project. If a, if a business wants to reach out now, um, how can they do that and how, what, what type of support will, will you need from, from these groups? Yes, I was, like I was saying, uh, most of the interviews that, that I've had with uh, other stations, yeah. that we don't want the companies to even give us money. Come there, look at our master plan. Okay, so you're not just looking for, for financial... At all, at all, at all, at all, at all. We are just looking for companies. We have Kofori Limited, yes. Tons and tons of iron rod, aunties, uh, gasem, dangote, cement, all these products. You give me 10,000 10, 10, bags of cement, just introduce them there for the, for the project, you see. And then you can come and build banks and things, must come and build something. There are several. I'm building 9,000 homes. So come and take about 100 and build, and then and other things. So material support, uh, 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 engineers, and any kind of help financially to. They can give us to us. That's why we have also learned the code 10 for ability. Ghanaians everywhere in the world can contribute 10 cities, 10 yen, 10 euro, 10 uh, pounds, and whatever currency. Is there a short code? Or a short uh, code. Uh, uh, how do they go about it? The short code, I'm sure your producers will we'll have the that, short we'll code. They will put that on the screen okay. so that you can begin now. Now we are introducing something where you can now make a standing order on your salary that every month I want to contribute 50 cities or 100 cities towards the same ability village and then your bankers will just wire the money. We want to have a lot of cash flow so that the project doesn't stop. We don't want it to be a white elephant. We are there and for years the project is just there. We want something that is continuous. The, uh, this, the disabled disability community can't wait to join us 
in that enclave. And they came in their numbers, as you can see from your footages. Obviously, they were there. They can't wait. They can't wait at all to wait. have a home, yes. to have a job, to have a hospital, to have a community. We have different open spaces and parks. And then those who are interested in agriculture, we have a large acres of farmland where they can do poultry, they can do husbandry, they can do all kinds of things, grow uh, cabbage and things, and yam, and then also the city will come and trade with them. Yeah, and then we are also going to produce, uh, 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 what do you call it, the uh, school uniforms for GES. And when that time comes, the GES should buy only for only us. For <laughs> <me as well. laughs> okay, but, but Reverend, the, the role of the church in doing some of these things uh, has been subject to a lot of scrutiny in, in recent times. People asking, I mean, what really is the role of the church and why is the church not doing some of these things that you're doing? It's come up a lot of times. Yes, I know. Every church has a vision. Every church has a calling in the ministry, but there are some things that are fundamental to all of us, especially to take care of the sick, the poor. Then Jesus said, when I was hungry, you gave me to eat. When I was thirsty, you gave me to drink. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was in prison, you visited me. And when I was uh, 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 sick, you came to me. So this is for all of us to be able to emulate. But, people, but different churches approach it differently. Some do it annually during the church's anniversary, you see some going to the orphanages. Everybody is trying to do a bit, except that we have taken a bigger step and it's more pronounced. We are dealing with the disability community of our country, but every church is doing a bit of it, uh, except, of course, a few people who haven't really woken up from sleep. But and, and, and you are a spiritual leader, so you understand the essence of giving. Yes. And for those who, who are still not convinced, why is giving essential uh, according to, to the gospel? Giving is essential because the whole essence of the gospel is to give. God gave his only begotten son. Uh, his son also gave us his life. Now we must also lay down our lives for others, as the scripture has said. So the essence of church is not a money-making venture. It's a time for us to give, especially to the vulnerable, the weak, the sick in society. Build hospitals, build, build orphanages, and help in any way. Sometimes a few people have joined our, our, our work and they have tried to taint the image. For example, the Catholic Church, if you go everywhere in, in, in the world or even in Ghana, they were the first to establish a bone hospital, first to build maternity homes, first to do so many things across the country. The, the Presbyterians, the Methodists, all of them have contributed their quota. We have to build maternity homes, first to do so many things across the country. The, the Presbyterians, the Methodists, all of them have contributed their quota. We have but um, over the past few months, uh, we have seen some stability in the city where we're just uh, trading within about the 12.9 bands to about 12 CD bands. But I think over the past about four they supported us now, we are giving to ourselves. Missionaries have stopped coming now. <laughs> now we have businessmen coming to mine our gold and, 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 and take our gold away. <laughs> but we, yes, we need money as well too. Eight isn't you can watching us now. Yeah, well those watching us from everywhere. Please, please, please. You know, Ghana is not a, a really a giving nation when it comes to charity. So we want to start. If if I were to be in America or in some other countries, you see a lot of billionaires, billionaires just throwing their money on this project. I'm believing God that they will come down and also help us but we, we must to come. yes but we must help ourselves we must see the Ghanaian giving for a worthy cause so we want all Ghanaians to come on board let's overwhelm the place 
with our monies and then uh, one year on i want to have a drone shot to see how Ghanaians have oh, amazing place. to build a place Indeed. and then i want the disability community to come jumping and dancing and thanking god that their own fellow Ghanaians have helped them to, to and, and to, it's all about empowering people that's yeah. what i love about the project yeah. so star 800 star 404 hash and you'll be on uh, your way to support the um, ability village. Uh, so make sure that um, you are a part of that change. Reverend, thank you. Thank you. you. Thank you very much. With us. We're All right. And now Lifetime Achievement Honorary, uh, Reverend Father Andrew Campbell is uh, urging stakeholders to support his efforts to uh, rescue streets uh, and uh, street children in the uh, hospital. Uh, he reveals that he wants to ensure that his work is still done while he's away. He was speaking uh, at the a donation made by the Father Campbell Foundation to the Accra Children's Hospital. Through various means, helping the children here, helping Cordia Bay, helping the street children, helping the lepers. So we started this long time ago and I wanted to continue. So I want to make preparations to be able to continue this work, even after I'm gone. I want, that's why I started the Father Campbell SVD Foundation, is to continue the work that I've started. There's so much work to be done. There's so many poor people and needy people, people in trouble and difficulty. So many children need help. Wake up, people. You're optimizing every waking hour of your life. From carpooling kids, to work, to friends, and everything in between, you have to get sleep. And a bed that can perform as well as you do. Meet the next generation Sleep Number Smart Bed. It effortlessly adjusts to your shape, position, and movements. Learning how you sleep, so you learn to sleep better. Night after night. Sleep next level, only from Sleep Number. The Queen Sleep Number 360 C2 Smart Bed is now only $8.99. Plus special financing. Ends Monday. See store for details. Dr. Rick here. If you find yourself getting particular about where you get the weather, you may be turning into your parents. Looks like it might rain. Let's see what Corey from Channel 2 has to say. He's something else. I like him better than Harris from Channel 5. You could just look up the weather on your phone. I like Corey from Channel 2. Progressive can't help you from becoming your parents, but we can help you compare rates on home insurance with HomeQuote Explorer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. 